right, well, top of the morning to you. Uh, it's our key market drivers call for Tuesday, July 12th. Um, as always, uh, we always start on this slide, uh, encourage comments, questions, anything you've got, please don't hesitate to, uh, uh, to contact us. Um, I think the key drivers this week is pretty simple. We've been talking about this uh, being a possibility now for several weeks, and it, it feels like, uh, especially this week, maybe starting a little bit late last week, but really this week, the weather has kind of, I think, jumped back into the driver's seat just a little bit. A little bit later here today, uh, Paige will talk about weather, but uh, we've kind of got that first hot and dry uh, stretch here of the summer. Remember, so far we've had weather that's been, I think we've described it as good enough, uh, good enough not to get into the way of this big macro sellout and or sell off. And, and I think what you're seeing here between the combination of last week, I think it's the second bullet on this slide that probably got us stopped got the the uh, the sell-off stop. I think we finally got to a spot where um, we got cheap enough in the world uh, and in the U.S. that we finally brought uh, some buying in. Now, in the world market, you might not know that looking at last Thursday's export sales report, uh, pretty dismal across the board. Uh, we really didn't sell a lot of stuff here out of the U.S., but remember that report came out last Thursday morning. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I think it's a bit dated. I think it's through the prior Saturday, isn't it? Um, I does that go out through Tuesday? Just like, yeah, I, I don't remember, but it's, it's got a little bit of, a little bit of age on it. And so I think what we're, I, I, I believe what we're going to see this Thursday when we get the export sales report, uh, we should be, uh, see a little bit more, uh, activity because Scott, you were talking about, uh, I think wheat's wheat sales, uh, for the new crop. We're not, not doing all that well. Well, I think the technical term you've used before is that they suck. <laughs> um, remember that our wheat uh, marketing year, we're already in the new year for wheat. Uh, it's it's on a different calendar than what uh, our row crops are for corn and soybeans. And so we've started the new marketing year for wheat in, on June 1. And we have uh, started out of the box like uh, our shoelaces were tied together. We we are uh, 9% below a year ago. Remember last year, we weren't really great on- We didn't on, get out of the box good last year. No, no. So um, it's interesting to note that we're uh, starting that slow, but our, uh, uh, back to the point of, of that, that first slide that we're looking at there, um, our soft red winter wheat values at the Gulf right now are the lowest in the world from a FOB basis. The, well, when was the last time you could say that? Boy, I don't even know. Uh, that's a great question. I, I'd have to go back and look. It's been a long time. Um, our FOB prices are actually below what is being traded out of Russia right now uh, by somewhere between 40 and 50 bucks a ton. So I tell you what, that Black Sea is typically the cheapest wheat in the world, isn't it? Right. Right, and and so it's um, it's an interesting thing. We'll have to be watching that uh, export sales report next week. I would think that those values have got to buy us some kind of more business than what we've been getting. Um, and normally we continue to do the business that we always do the mm -hmm. you know Japan, Indonesia, Mexico stuff. Um, you tell you what, the market's reacting at all to you, you know you. I've heard you talk about. We've all seen the pictures of. Uh, uh russia setting fire to wheat fields that are not yet harvested yeah that was going to be the next thing i, I was going to mention um 
you know, there's been a lot of, of uh, smoke in the air, um, I, I guess, literally and figuratively about, you know, what's the truth uh, w regarding this war in Ukraine? Uh, who's the bad guy? Who's the good guy? And I don't think there's really any, um, uh, you know, set roles of the black hat, white hat thing. Uh, obviously, uh, we, we're pretty sure that Putin has a black hat. Um, but uh, this latest claims that um, that they're setting uh, uh, crop fields on fire, uh, specifically wheat. Uh, wheat is is uh, all ripened. It's ready to harvest. And so it goes up in a hurry uh, if it catches a spark. Um, and everywhere I looked yesterday, I could not debunk that, uh, that they're actually throwing incendiary bombs or missiles over into uh, certain fields in Ukraine and burning up that weed. And they're also, um, they're burning up other grain facilities and, and uh, knocking down, uh, uh, you know, elevators and, and all sorts of, of uh, nefarious things. Um, it was also, I thought, kind of laughable that um, their, their uh, minister, their ag minister was out yesterday saying, hey, we're ready to talk to uh, Ukraine and Turkey and, and negotiate this grain export deal. We're ready, you know. We, we're ready to sit down at the table. So, I guess we got that going for us. Putin, the humanitarian. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've also got a uh, we've also got our July WASD uh, coming out here today. Uh, as you know, occasionally when we have a WASD on Tuesday, we will move our our Tuesday calls back to Wednesday. Decided not to do that this year. The July WASD. Uh, really isn't typically one of the big marquee reports of the year. The only thing that we're going to get on this one that is a little bit is is out of character, out of out of the norm a little bit that keeps it out of the category of a complete tweener uh, is that we will get the USDA will use those new acreage numbers that they gave us uh, last week back on the 30th. Uh, um, they'll, they'll use the new acreage numbers and their new balance sheets that can cause some gyrations. Remember, beans was the big. We lost 2.66 million acres of beans uh, at trend line yields. That's something around 130 something, 135 million bushels. You can see there with the average trade estimate of 210, uh, only 70 below last month. Uh, the trade expects the USDA uh, to to is and they typically this time of the year if they take bushels out of the production side line on their balance sheet. They'll typically add about half of those back in on the uh, uh, take them out of the demand side. They'll take bushels out of production. They'll reduce demand by about half as much. That's kind of what the trade is looking for here. Uh, and really isn't doesn't seem to be anything in the pace data right now for beans that precludes them from doing that. They, they also continue, as you know, uh, to, to reduce expectations for uh, Chinese demand. So uh, I, I suspect we'll see 130 something out of the production line and somewhere around half of that coming right back out of the uh, the demand side. Most of that's probably on exports. I doubt they'll mess with crush. But. I think on the next slide, we've got, um, yeah, uh, at the top there, we do get our first uh, look from a, a by-class perspective from Uncle Sam on wheat production. Um, we, we don't expect to see really any um, big, Fireworks anywhere up there on, on that by class up there at the top. Um, you know, the, the spring wheat crop is is uh, a long ways from harvest yet, but it's looking very good. Um, so we, we shouldn't expect to see much there. And then the bottom there is just world grain ending stocks. 
uh, again, we don't expect to see much in the way of changes in any of those. Okay. Well, I guess speaking of reports, we didn't put a slide in because uh, just got the data out when we got into work this morning here, but we did have a Malaysian palm oil board, uh, June production and stocks numbers, uh, really reasonably close to what the trade was looking for, but we did see, uh, as expected, that pretty good size jump in uh, Malaysian uh, palm oil stocks. They are, uh, exports are down pretty hard in Malaysia, as we've talked about, now that Indonesia has got religion and uh, is trying desperately to export everything they can to get the, the, the tanks empty. Malaysian exports dropped. Production was up almost 6%. With exports down, that caused a pretty hefty bounce in stocks. We were a little over 1.5 million metric tons at the end of May, uh, all the way up to uh, 1.66 million metric tons here uh, at the end of June. But again, pretty much what the trade was looking for. That actually takes stocks back to a level above where they were last year uh, at this time. Uh, that's It's been a while. Uh, since that has been the case. Uh, here's your uh, corn silking. Uh, we've got 15% of the crop is actually in that uh, pollination phase, a little bit behind normal. We're normally at the quarter pole at this particular point in time, but that's because we got the crop in late. Uh, really no big deal. Conditions kind of for the most part held serve here. We're 64% good to excellent, same as last year. You know, I had a, a tick migrated from the good category to excellent, but again, I don't think that really. Uh, means much. Uh, and in the soybean conditions, actually a little bit surprisingly, the trade was looking for one or 2% increase in the good to excellent. It actually went down a tick to 62%, but again, still pretty decent looking crops at this point. Um, still got single digits in the uh, poor to very poor category. So really don't see much here in the conditions. Uh, how's the how's, uh, winter wheat harvest going, Scott? And then talk a little bit about spring wheat conditions, if you would. Uh, very good. It, it's rolling along hard red winter wheat wise. We are really all the way through Kansas right now. Kansas is at 95% uh, harvested. Uh, Nebraska is at 36, just a little bit ahead of average there. You're, you're kind of just getting started in Colorado and uh, South Dakota, only 10% harvest in South Dakota. Um, soft wheat, is uh, uh, Arkansas, Missouri are done. Illinois is at 92%. So on the final lap there in Indiana also and Ohio at 83 and 82%. Michigan, uh, again, just getting started. It's too far north for those. Um, I, I would say that that uh, uh, the, the harvest is looking pretty good on the winter wheat side of things. Quality is good on both hard and soft. Protein is showing up uh, as expected higher, but a good bit higher than what uh, we thought going in. We knew it was hot and dry and that we were likely going to see higher uh, proteins than normal. But um, with a little less than half of the expected uh, crop samples in and, and uh, uh, analyzed, we're running over 13 percent, a little over 13 wow. percent uh, on those early um uh, protein That's samples to uh, spring wheat sort of protein. Yeah, you, you've got uh, the, the cash wheat in Kansas City uh, is trading. The, that basis trade right now is actually inverted because we've got such a, a high amount of, of uh, high protein stuff. So what's uh, anything uh, yield wise you're hearing out the harvest fields, either on the hard crop or the soft crop that would indicate to you that maybe the current production estimates Need to be tweaked or? Uh, I if if I had to bet, I would say hard wheat goes up just a skosh. 
Um, and it, it would be probably an easier bet to say that soft red goes up a little bit too. Um, good, uh, good reports from the field. Actually, hard red winter wheat um, harvest data on, on yields is all over the map. I is mean, it? you've got everything from zero, uh, you know, all the way up to maybe as high as 50 or 60. Um, so you think USDA changes any of that in this report or is this not the report they normally would tweak production? Uh, they might tweak it here because this is going to be your first buy class, but then we won't uh, get the final. We won't get much. In fact, I don't think we get anything in August. And then we get in, in that final September. In September, that small grains report. Yep, the small grains report. All right. Well, thank you, Scott. Uh, at this point, let's uh, uh, throw it over to Paige to talk a little bit about this concerning weather coming in. You want me to start here on the past seven days so you can start with a little yeah. bit of good news? Yeah, this doesn't look overly bad at all. Um, if you see kind of those yellows and reds there, that's some pretty decent rainfall. And if you look at it, that covers pretty much all of the Corn Belt. Um, so the last seven days have been not too bad. Um, definitely could have been better, uh, but nothing to complain about so far. Um, I think that's probably why conditions didn't change overly much this week. Um, a lot of these crops got some good rains over the last seven days. Um, <laughs> the bad news comes if you kind of look out forward. Uh, this is, I think that one was a soil moisture map, but yeah, this seven day, to that? Uh, no, it's fine. All right. This seven day forecast is not not good at all. Um, if you look kind of right there in the Midwest, the Dakotas, Nebraska, and a little bit over into Iowa, um, there's pretty well no rain really forecast. There's a little bit, um, a little bit more north and a little bit more east you get, but even those rains are minuscule at best. Um, you want to jump to the six to ten and eight to fourteen day, where things get even worse. Uh, yeah, so. If you look at the date out through the 8 to 14, that is kind of right in that um, key pollination window uh, that goes out through the 24th, I believe. Uh, I think Bill's map said the 20th was when a lot of the Midwest states were going to hit pollination. Um, so this is kind of the opposite of ideal. Um, looks like it's going to be overly hot and below average precip for the better part of the next two weeks, which that could change once we get there. Some rain may or may not move in. Um, that was not expected, but based on forecast, this does not look overly good. And I think, like you mentioned earlier, the market is <laughs> pretty reactive to that at this point. Yeah, and that 8 to 14 day forecast out to the 24th, we will be uh, right at the top of that belt curve, as you mentioned, on uh, pollination. Um, and remember to pollinate corn likes cool and wet. And uh, this appears to be uh, pretty the much the opposite, opposite of that. Of that. So uh, <laughs> I guess if there's any silver lining or not necessarily a silver lining, but any reason maybe not to be, uh, you know, wildly concerned, we have seen that uh, with the moisture we got in the ground right now uh, and the current set of hybrids, uh, the hot thing has not seemed to bother corn pollination as much as it certainly did when you and I started in this business, Scott. I mean, yeah. This kind of heat was was devastating to pollination 30 years ago. Uh, it's it's far less than ideal, but the fact that we don't have any moisture coming in with it is is uh, uh, kind of a bit concerning here. I noticed I should have taken those parentheses out. Those were 
that is a couple weeks old. <laughs> when we had moisture put in here, certainly that's not, uh, corn is not down and uh, it's this weather forecast that's causing the, really the exact opposite. Real quickly before we leave you here today, uh, looking north uh, to the Canadian prairies, here's your soil moisture map. Again, a little bit of dry spot there in, in uh, central and southern Saskatchewan. Remember, the canola is kind of uh, more this northern tier right up through here. This is a bit more uh, spring wheat country, but they got decent weather forecast, decent rain forecast, uh, really from the context that we have up that way. The Canadian crops are actually looking pretty good right now. Uh, I've got decent moisture in the ground. Uh, a bit of a rich forming, just like we've got. Uh, so they're going to have what probably at least a week, if not 10 days of dryness. Um, and, and really for their crops, uh, it, it's really going to be a matter with the moisture they got in the ground in a lot of areas. It's going to be a matter if this ridge sets up and sticks here uh, or whether it kind of breaks down and lets some more July moisture through. So uh, remember the Canadian crops are really late too, especially the further east you get. Uh, and so... Uh, most of the time, it's the party's about over up there by the time you get to, to the end of July or early August. Uh, weather's going to be a bit more critical, a good bit deeper into August this year, uh, just because of how late they got some of those crops in, especially in the east. So that is our story. And we are, oh, do I guess we forgot about dairy here. I don't want to shortchange you on dairy. What's uh, anything going on in the, the dairy markets this week, Scott? Well, uh, in, in one of the markets, I should say. <laughs> yeah, the butter. Yeah. The butter market just won't let go. Will it? Yeah, the, the 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 butter we had we had actually had 47 lots trade last week, and then we had another 19 lots go yesterday. So that has kind of uh, supported that market. You see there, we ticked back up to the three dollar level yesterday, um, and so that seems to be uh, again a, a bit of a a demand driven kind of a market, and it's holding it up there, supporting it. Cheese, on the other hand, is just the opposite. We had a total of five lots trade all of last week. Pretty pathetic, actually. Um, and we're we're just kind of hanging down around that 210 area. Um, you, you see there the forward pricing for quarter four and black cheese. We're now down below that two and a quarter level. We haven't been there in a while, uh, which feels pretty good. Um, but uh, it's... It's. I, I think it's just a, a bit of a sign of the times for uh, uh, for the third quarter here. Um, we're not getting hammered by heat and weather, but that might change as we as we talked about. Um, but uh, the cream availability on the butter side of things is um, uh, is hanging in there, um, and and uh, uh, butter makers are generally busy. It's just that we've got uh, uh, pretty good demand. Um, I, I did. I should mention the, uh, we had our May export numbers come out. Our cheese uh, is that on the next slide? I don't or? think we have a slide no. in there. No. Okay. Uh, but we're up almost 31% year over year on cheese. Uh, and then if you look at butter, it doesn't look very good. We're you know just shy of nine million pounds in butter for May. Um, but but that's not as bad as it might appear. Remember last year we had just you know tremendously high exports. So uh, you're following up a big, big year with uh, uh, with being down 8% year over year. So yeah, that global dairy trade number, butter dropped quite a bit last week yeah. and US butter is uh, quite expensive relative to world butter. So at least maybe we'll get the export guys to knock it off. Yeah, well, you finally we've got, uh, you see there the Dutch and German numbers are about 20 cents above us right now, which um, that's been as high as 40 or 50 cents. So 
we're, we're, we're gaining a little more interest there. Okay. All right. Well, that is our story this week, and we're sticking to it. Uh, as always, if you have any questions, any comments, we would love to hear from you. And as always, and especially in these crazy times, be careful out there.